Hello, friends, and welcome to Liberation Lectionary, where each week we look at uh, readings, typically the gospel reading for the upcoming Sunday, according to the Revised Common Lectionary, and where we try to do a dive, a deep dive, looking for nuggets, looking for little bits and pieces, anything, anything that speaks of liberation, because we're convinced that anywhere you look in Scripture, you'll uh, find some bit of liberation. Well, for the most part. But joining, uh, so every, uh, my name is Jamie Edwards Acton. Let me get that straight. I am an Episcopal priest uh, and agitator and troublemaker for sometimes uh, in Los Angeles. And with me uh, every week is my compadre. Oh, ye of little faith. It's always about liberation. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm Francisco uh, Garcia, also an Episcopal priest and hanging out in Nashville, Tennessee. Me and all my books. Look at that. <laughs> They're not real. That guy's a smart guy right there. Uh, I'm surprised they're not like CDs and and vinyl records, Francisco, with your... Those are in another room. Musical live noggin, yeah. There we go. Um, Well, this week we are looking at Mark. We're still in Mark. Thank goodness how fun it is to be in this gospel. Uh, Right up our alley, Francisco. And um, we're looking at Mark uh, chapter 10, 17 through 31 today. And a very well-known, often misunderstood passage, or maybe try to explain it or excuse it away uh, by the bourgeoisie. But we'll get into that in a second. And uh, but this is for the twentieth Sunday for after Pentecost. And Francisco, you're going to do us the honors today. Okay, Mark ten verses seventeen to thirty-one. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, "Good teacher." What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, you lack one thing. Go, sell, your, sell what you own and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard will it be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, for mortals, it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly, I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age. Houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. 
the gospel of the Lord. Almost forgot to say that. <laughs> right on. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Wow, this well, one is packed. This is jam-packed, Francisco. Gosh, I feel like the safe thing to do is just to walk through this sucker from top to bottom and see if we can't pick off as many nuggets here as possible. This is like a kid in the Liberation Candy Store. <laughs> That's right. This, I'm just going to get it started here with some easy <laughs> stuff, right? Go, uh, go if, if, people feel, if people are trying to uh, straight arm this passage and disassociate themselves or saying somehow this doesn't really have to do with me, uh, the first uh, line here as this person was setting out on a journey uh, or as Jesus, I'm not even sure what it is. Is it Jesus or the guy? Either way, the Greek is here. It's not journey, but the Greek is on the way, right? So here we are on the way again. Right. This is the way that Bishop Curry talks about all the time. This is where our church is uh, knee deep into this stuff. And uh, so this has to do with, uh, you know, this passage that's going to follow has everything to do with what it means to be on the way. Right. To be followers of Jesus. So just want to kind of that's an easy start there. Francisco. I love that. Yeah. And I think it's, it's so easy to miss that. Right. Cause yep. it's just, you just read that first part and you think like, Oh yeah, you know, Jesus is always traveling, but the traveling is both um, literal and it's also, um, you know, deeply um, symbolic of the path that we travel with him that way, which is, right. you know, the way, the way of liberation, the way of uh, that life giving, loving, liberating God that we know is, is real. Right. Right. And then he gets, you know, this guy comes up to him and, um, you know, he, you know, a little flattery never hurt anybody. Francisco comes up to him. Good teacher, you know, um, and we'll, we find out more about this guy now that we already know kind of that he comes packed with all kinds of uh, properties and, you know, possessions and stuff like that. Well, I wonder it, feels if he even, it feels even more empty now that we know who this guy is, you know, this kind of flattery at the beginning. But Jesus doesn't put up with it and uh initially calls his bluff or you know calls him on his bs and says you know why are you calling me good come on let's just get into it so yeah no it's real interesting i'm thinking about what um what would be the modern equi equivalent of this right uh, 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 someone who is so so loaded like did 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 you know r rolling up in their um bentley or something you know and like yeah so i don't know yeah Oh, well, yeah, like you're, you know, yeah, someone, uh, I know exactly what you're saying, where as particularly that's done to, uh, well, to teachers, right, to wise people and stuff. This is done by those who have means, right, and they flattery or even kind of in a condescending way to those of in lesser, you know, kind of economic circumstance or whatever. Oh, how uh, idyllic or how. Uh, beautiful this scene is or wonderful this food is or whatever never mind uh you know that your wages are a fraction of what they should that's be right. or you don't have health care or anything like that right that's right um so he gets into it and, he, and uh and jesus says you know cool it with the good and you know you know what needs to happen right to lead this kind of life um and so jesus uh, it seems like he's just going to recite the, the Decalogue back to him, the Ten Commandments, and he starts that. But, you know, spoiler alert, you got to pay attention, folks, here. This is not the Ten Commandments. 
just the Ten Commandments. Jesus sneaked like a like a car dealer in Vegas, in some back room in Vegas. <laughs> Jesus sneaks another commandment in here, right? That isn't in the original about defrauding. You shall not defraud. And that's another clue, right? That's We're going to put that in our clue pile as we build up this um, kind of this plot thickens that has everything to do with, you know, money and properties and economics and all that kind of stuff. And the first and the last. And all, so we're going to try to put that all together. But this is another piece of the puzzle about defraud. You shall not defraud. Jesus asserts that as if it was part of the t Ten Commandments uh, mm -hmm. himself. So um, I, I'm digging that, um, especially after he... You know, he uh, last week he took a swipe at the at the the, the law, um, the Torah, when he said, you know, Moses only wrote this divorce thing, right, because of your hard heartedness, right, because of your insistence on letting this patriarchal system develop in your midst instead of this creation vision of equality that God had in mind in the first place. And now, so Jesus goes back to the law again, uh, but but uh, throws this curveball. Right at the end of baseball season. Perfect. <laughs> Go Dodgers. Dodgers. Doyers. Go Doyers. Those Doyers. So um, that's that's a good find, Jamie. And I guess we could get into what that means, right? That you shall not defraud. Why Why would it have been included in there um, uh, as opposed to some of the other commandments, which actually aren't there right now, you know? Right. Is he just kind of riffing? Like, yeah, you know what they are. You know what you're supposed to do. Uh, it's probably that it's very intentional, right? What yeah. is being included and why? Um, yeah, and then Jesus continues with this, and um, you know, if you if you kind of just read it quickly, you you'll you might say like, well, Jesus just um, you know calls calls this guy out and says, you know, he knows it's going to be an impossible ask, um, you know. To, to go and sell your possessions and then come follow me. But I think Jesus is really trying to uh, move this, this guy to conversion in some way, right? It says, um, Jesus looking at him, loved him and said, right? So he wasn't saying it with contempt, even though he knew that this guy was coming in with some kind of pretense, right? With maybe some other kind of agenda, Um Jesus looked at him and loved him. I mean, that's really a pretty powerful demonstration of the kind of like liberating love that Jesus calls us to, right? Like, um, and it reminds me of, you know, how Dr. King has talked about, um, you know, this agape love, which is um, about uh, condemning uh, oppression, condemning unjust systems, never condemn, not condemning people. Right. not giving up on people and um no matter how far gone they might be or how privileged they might be or how uh, the acts that they have um uh you know done or things that have been done in their name you got to hold out hope for the possibility of conversion to a new way of life right in the way right and, and jesus i think is honestly trying to do that with this guy here right right um and, and because the kind of liberation that this guy needs is to be relieved of of his uh holding on to his riches to his possessions right, right? so to believing that's the way to abundant life yeah. and um 
Yeah, his own liberation. I love that you brought that in, uh, Francisco. His own liberation is at stake here. Um, and, you know, and, and nevertheless, uh, you know, uh, the, the ask is really, uh, or the commandment, right, the, uh, that Jesus is stating here is no easy feat for this guy. And it says because, you know, he, he was shocked and he went away grieving uh, because he had many possessions. And again, the, you know, the Greek is much more interesting here, where it says he had many acquisitions, which mm -hmm. puts it in a very much more Wall Street context, right? This, we're he talking was, about, yeah. He was, a talk supreme, he was a supreme capitalist, if there was one in his day. Yeah, right? this was not like he had, a, he had a nice watch, he had a Rolex and stuff. No, this was like he, he had control, owned uh, way more uh, you know, than any one person should. And we're talking that, like the Waltons or like the, the Jeff Bezos. Of, of, that's of right. Their time. That's right. And it's directly connected, right, to Jesus sneaking in this defrauding as we're trying to unpack what Jesus meant by defrauding. Now we can kind of get a sense now. Well, obviously, this don't defraud, you know, those on, on whose backs you're going to acquire, make these acquisitions. Right. Typically, those are the working class and the that's poor. Right. Even to this day, that's the same, uh, you know, kind of storyline. So I think there's a, it's a it's important to see possessions is much bigger than what it sounds. Mm -hmm. And uh, and there's a connection there to the defrauding as well. And, you know, I mean, I think this, uh, sometimes uh, I have an issue with uh, the lectionary um, as a whole and why um the, the folks, you know, they did, they, they, they did great work um, in putting things together. But sometimes, you know, I have a question, like, why did they put this Old Testament passage with this? Sometimes it just seems to be like um, a, 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 a going on a dangerous path where it's just a, like a proof text, right? Like, well, we're putting this old scripture to support what the New Testament says, right? And right. it could move towards like this supersessionist idea of like the new of of, of the new testament um uh, overtaking the old testament right um right. or what some of sometimes you know the hebrew bible and right. not seeing the prophetic nature of the hebrew bible in its own right in its own context um but i think in this case um the placement of amos um and the discussion of the of today's text really makes sense mm -hmm. and so for those of you who might be uh, if you are preaching and you are thinking about how to connect um, the gospel with some of the texts today. There is a strong connection with Amos, um, and, and uh, in the in the discussion about the 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 the, the riches and the frauding, because um, it says there in in the middle of, of this passage of Amos, um, they hate the one who reproves in the gate. They abhor the one who speaks the truth. They're speaking of God, right? Therefore, because you trample on the poor and take from them levies of grain. You have built houses of hewn stone, but you shall not live in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but sh you shall not drink their wine. For I know how many are your transgressions and how great are your sins. You who afflict the righteous, who take a bribe and who push aside the needy in the gate. So um, there's some strong language there yeah, about- That's not a generalist language there. No. <laughs> so, a lot to do between that, right? Uh, and, and Jesus is picking up on that tradition very clearly. Well, and I'll just, uh, the, the inverse of that is this next section, right? Where Jesus, uh, you know, 
talks about it's going to be hard, you know, it's going to be hard for someone like this person. And, and there is, you know, Mark, it's just, this is, he's not, um, he's not a, a young ruler, you know, or he's not neither necessarily young nor a ruler in this case. So, um, like he is in Luke and Mark, but he, then he goes on to say, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be hard, uh, for those who have wealth to enter into the kingdom. And, uh, then he, he, then he says it again, right? As if the disciples, you know, the disciples are, huh? And in case uh, you didn't he, hear it the first time, in case you didn't get it the first time, he says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astounded. And, um, you know, I love this. I love what people try to do with this passage. Uh, I remember in seminary, <laughs> explain it the, away, just the gymnastics, uh, exegetical gymnastics. I love what um, uh, Jose, you know, Miranda says, right? Oh, yeah. And he says in Mark's in the Bible, and he says, uh, you know, he says, Mark's wry joke about the camel and needle in particular has received ingenious manipulation at the hands of the bourgeoisie conscious tranquilizing exegetes. Exegetes. So I love that. And... Um, so I think I, I think I encountered a few of those in seminary. And, um, yes. but um, he's not, you know, this is, it's just a waste of time uh, to try to find some loophole here, right? He's not mincing um, words here. He's not mincing words. And it's the guy's own liberation that is at stake as well. Like you already mm -hmm. said, Francisco. Mm -hmm. So I think um, that uh, we need to, kind of take it as it is. And then also it, with the gospel, you know, punch of grace, uh, as always, Jesus adds on, you know, for mortals, it's impossible, but for God, you know, for God, all things are possible. So yeah. even, even it reminds me like in Dumb and Dumber, right? And uh, when, uh, what's the guy? Oh my God, I'm blanking on the actor's name. Um, Jim Carrey. And Jim he Carrey. Says, he says to the, you know, when they're at that ski resort and he says to the the woman, you know, he's trying to date and stuff. He says, yeah. you know, so what are the chances that a guy like me and a woman like you would get together? And she says, yeah. well, you know, like one in a million. And he looks dejected at first and he says, so you, what you're saying is, is I still have a chance. You're right? telling me there's a chance. You're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> and so I feel like that's what, you know, that's what God's grace is all about. In yeah. Respects, right. That there's always, there's always a way with God, all things are possible. And this is where it's like, lest we think it doesn't apply to us. It applies to us. Mm -hmm. um, and <laughs> so, it, it, because we all have, I mean, and, and clearly um, we can't, we can't explain this away and say that it's not about wealth and power and possessions because it is mm -hmm. and um even though you know jamie and i and most probably mo most of you listening are not amongst the one percent <laughs> um we we also have possessions mm -hmm. that weigh us down and that prevent us from truly following jesus in the way like all the way and so we have to examine what are those things for us, right. and they might be material possessions, and and might they might be um, other than material possessions, or maybe a combination of things, right? That's right. 
but our liberation is bound up in this passage too. And, right. and, and so I think that's sort of like the, that examination. Um, but, you know, it does speak to our larger culture and how, you know, toxic our economy has, right. um, has become that, that just kind of writes off hundreds of thousands of people. Um, but we got to examine our own place in that too. Yeah, I mean, and it also elevates integrity is one of the, right, that integrity is key and that we can't, you can't, you can't, you know, succeed in life through defrauding others or, you know, acquiring whatever it is, whether it's wealth or, you know, prestige or status or whatever, reputation at the expense of others, uh, you know, those all lack integrity, right? And uh, so I think this is a call to live with integrity. Uh, in our lives, um, particularly for white uh, people, right? White men, you know, this is a, we can look at it too, right? What have we acquired? Uh, what privileges have we acquired at the expense of others, really where we didn't have anything to do with it except the color of our skin uh, or our gender? And, uh, and uh, so there's all kinds of kind of avenues we could go as we develop sermons or speeches there or conversations. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and there are there are examples of this, say, someone like the um, the guy in this story. There are examples of where there has been real conversion to a new way of life mm -hmm. in the way of, of, of Jesus. And um, we celebrated one of those one of those uh, folks yesterday, St. Francis. That's right. right. Yep. Think about it. Um, uh, he was from a family of uh, wealthy merchants. He had like everything handed to him in his life. And he then became disgusted by the disparity in that way of life. And he completely rejected it. And so can you imagine St. Fr you know, Francis um, reading this passage? Like, could this have been the text that he read and that catapulted his conversion? to do the work that he sort of, to live into his vocation, you know? So. Well, I think too, there's this, you know, I was just thinking about this, there's this decentering uh, happening here, Francisco, mm -hmm. as always happens uh, with Jesus. And I'm trying to, I was just going back on my computer to look at the, uh, I think Mark opens after kind of like the wilderness uh, scenes where, um, Mm-hmm. And where a leper comes to you, right? Someone with leprosy comes to Jesus, I think, early on in chapter, I mean, in chapter one, early on in the gospel. Yeah, right. it's the, in Jesus. So the, the uh, it's um, the, the, yeah, with the, the guy in the synagogue with the unclean spirit, right? Yes, yes. Um, and he, com he actually is able to receive you know, what Jesus says, whereas this man rejects, you know, kind of like Jesus is offering both of them, right, this kind of way, right, this way to, to into God's kingdom, to receive the kingdom. Um, and, uh, and one, you know, the, the, the least likely, right, a person uh, is, uh, you know, is able to accept that invitation, whereas this person who others would see as, because of his 
possessions, right? They would see that as synonymous with blessing, right? Just as, as many people do today, right? Just turn on Joel Olstein, right? And you'll see that. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> you'll see. Don't that get me pros- started. Prosperity uh, theology is alive and well, right? And so, and to the ump degree. And, and, and we still associate, we still use that language without, you know, that, uh, without thinking about it, that unconscious language, you're how blessed you are, right? And stuff like that, um, when it has to do with property and possessions and, you know, fortune and stuff like that. Um, so I think there is this decentering of all that as well yes. um, in the context of the cultural suppositions around. I love that. Yeah, yeah. De- it's a decentering of, 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 of power and authority and wealth and access, right? All the right. things that come with material wealth and, and, and authority it's and it's a recentering, right? So it's a decentering, and then it's a recentering of what is most significant in the kingdom of God, right? Right. right. Um, and, and in the way. So absolutely. And I mean, I think that's a theme that comes up again, and again in Mark, uh, other gospels too, but really powerful in the, in a text like this in Mark. Yeah, and I wanted to make that connection because there was there was the it's where this guy comes up and kneels and you know to Jesus and knelt before him, and there's something that happens in chapter one too that's similar to that. And um, so I think there is a connection there that Mark's trying to make. Um, so then we have this last part here, Francisco, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, about inheriting, you know, you're, you know, you, you're going to give up something, but you're going to inherit all this other stuff. And again, I think I'm going to point, you know, to our friend Jose Miranda, and he's going to say that, you know, this basically illustrates kind of a, a, a communist vision, right? It's uh, before Marx and uh, where things are, the inheritance means that things are shared, right? In common, that these, uh, that the brothers and the sisters and mothers and fathers and everything, that's because where we all become that, right? We all, one, there's an egalitarian kind of aspect to that, men and women, young and old, all that, children, uh, after just having kind of pointed out kind of how, uh, disempowered children are right in the last two Sundays and and then but there's this um, you know receiving fields and houses and all this kind of stuff and and I think that's when it's you know when we share these things in common uh, we do inherit you know there is that kind of communal kind of uh, gain right um, well inheritance as it were I don't know how else to say it um, but at the same time, it slips in there, too, you know, that this is not going to be an e. No one's going to give it to you. You know what I mean? Right. These, this vision has to be really fought for. And I don't mean violently, but it has to be struggled for. And um, and so because those fields do come with persecutions, as he says in this passage, too. But I love that idea that, you know, we you can get rich simply by sharing with others what you have and them sharing with you. It's a lovely vision. Yeah, I mean, this is a um, an example of how um, the 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 roots of the Jesus movement, you know, are steeped in this radical egalitarianism and communitarianism. And some people would say, like, yeah, the the, the you you raised the the specter, right, the bad word, the c word, communism. But this was the the ethic, you know. The, we could do a whole serious about why you know how it's that's been misunderstood obviously yeah um you know uh, over the ages um but what this is really speaking to is is 
how um, the vision of God is for everyone. It's, um, you know, I think Crossan is the one who talked about it and um, this idea of enoughness um, in, in the Lord's prayer, right? Um, um, on earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread, um, releasing of the debts, right? The, the prayer as opposed mm -hmm. to trespasses. Um, it's about everyone having enough and creating the kind of society where no one shall shall lack and everyone 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 shares of their gifts and contributes and everyone receives right. and it's you know there is spiritual and material wellness and it's not connected to hoarding of possessions it's right. tied to sharing of possessions right and how would it change us right how would it change our thinking in our daily living if we were motivated not by relieving our debts, but by just, you know, by living each day, right? Living life uh, motivated by what, what was possible, right? What we could create, what we could imagine, what we could enact, what we could, you know, uh, join uh, instead of just like being motivated. God, I got to pay this bill. I got to pay off this college loan. I got to pay, you know um it you know it it's um it and getting be... away from everything being privatized right like right. everyone everyone's got to struggle to find their own housing their own x y and z their own right. access to health care and and we see how incredibly difficult that is um and impossible it is for that's right huge percentages of, of our community and, and you you know i uh yeah this is i'm gonna get on another soapbox on this one but you know this this particular society we live in now definitely excludes the those with mental health issues Absolutely. Right? because they don't they don't they can't check those boxes of the capitalist system of how you are con how you contribute how you are you know a uh, our so-called productivity right how you're productive exactly our understanding productive and so that that understanding of how we organize ourselves is just really uh, painful yes <laughs> and unjust uh the last comment well no pun intended but as he you know this common chorus he has of the first shall be last and the last shall be first and um you know i always wondered why he says that it's often like as if you know the disciples need to hear it. well we need to hear it over and over and over again but it dawns on me here particularly because this is such an economically oriented passage that i think he's trying to he puts that chorus as a reframe uh, as an exclamation point after each scene in different sectors of society. So sometimes we're talking about the family, what, like it's kids, right? And like trying to elevate the child, not to make them such an expendable non-entity within the family, mm -hmm. but to mm -hmm. elevate them in their personhood or whether it's the woman, you know, in a male and female relationship in terms of divorce and all that, like that equalizing of the the agency in that relationship right um that we talked about last week um or you know whether how it pertains to if you're of the a particular mainstream religion and how others right the other is looked at uh in scripture and stuff in terms of the you know uh whether you're a samaritan or whether you're a you know syrophoenician or whatever uh you're not part of the mainstream and then I think now it's economically, right? That the, that the, that, uh, so Jesus once again is flipping the script and in the economy of God, it's those who have the least and those who are striving to share, not to, not to hoard, right? And not to necessarily define their blessing 
uh, or blessedness in terms of what they own or possess, but in terms of how they kind of share it and give it away and, you know, in that process that that, be that makes them kind of the, uh, the protagonist, right, in God's um, drama or comedy. I'm not sure which one we're in. So. <laughs> Sometimes it's both. <laughs> no, I, I, that's, I think that's good. I think I don't, I don't have anything to add to that. Maybe you believe that? <laughs> There's a first for everything, Francisco, but let's just call it there because I'm looking at the time and I know everyone's shocked that we're gone on for too long again. Uh, at least we're consistent in something. And uh, so it's been great, Francisco, as always. This is very uh, uh, good for me and I hope others... Uh, appreciate our thoughts and comments. I hope they take it and use it for their own sermons and speeches and table conversations with friends and family. Um, you can also, if you want to just uh, listen to us on a podcast instead of on Facebook, because you never when, you never know when they're going to go down for six hours, right? And miss us all That's together. Right. So, right. uh, so you can listen to us on any place where you get your podcasts. Share with friends, subscribe, leave a comment. Put the word out there. Uh, we feel like uh, we'd love to continue this conversation, but you're an important piece of that. So until next week, Francisco and all. All right. Peace, friends. Peace.